mates. Welcome to another edition of the Little Dum Dum Club. My name is Tommy Dasolo. Sitting opposite me, my co-host, Carl Chandler. G'day, dickhead. Uh, iTunes reviews up the top, as always. Got a new one here. Oh, really? Yep. Love it. Five stars. By one of the Wayans brothers. Me and all my brothers love your show. Tune in every week. Wow. So the Wayans brothers are listening. All white, of them. White chicks. Uh, yes, of white chicks. Of uh, What other ones have they done? What was that one where one of them's a baby? Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. Like one of them's a, it's like one of them's pretending to be, it's like, isn't it like one of their heads is superimposed onto a child's body or whatever? I don't know. Baby it, cop? It, I could definitely believe that, but yeah, it sounds so stupid that I would believe it. I don't know what would be more satisfying if that's happened or if I've dreamed it up. Cause if it's happened, it's awesome. But if I've dreamed it up, that's also pretty amazing. I actually think, like, even if that was one of the Wayne brothers that's commented on her page, I'm, I'm not even that impressed. That's, what I, that's how much I think <laughs> yeah. of them. Yeah, it, it is actually kind of better if it's not, because that's someone's pretty funny who's done that. Yeah. Me and all my brothers. Just the image of all the Wayne brothers <laughs> sitting around a little laptop listening to a bit of Dum Dum. Yeah, just, just like they're finished watching Big Mama's House, and they think, oh, we'll just listen to a bit of a podcast well, before on. we go to bed. Why would they be watching Big Mama's House? I don't know, House? for inspiration. That's they're the mate. sort of movies they make. <laughs> Their mate Martin Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> and we're their little mates now. We're their little mates. Yeah. Big Dum Dum House. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I came in here today uh, on the way in. I went. I was on the train. I there's this big billboard on on um, Punt Road, and it's a big ad. And <laughs> you're so you're so from the country. Yeah. Oh, there was a billboard and a train. <laughs> um, little chugga chugga. Yeah. So there's this big billboard, this big ad, it's a new one, and it just, uh, you tell me if this sounds weird, and it's not meant to be offensive or whatever it is, it just doesn't seem right to me. Here's the ad. It's a picture of a lady in a wheelchair, and and it's a sort of ad, I'm not sure who it is uh, uh, that's made the ad, but it's basically saying that we're all, you know, we've all got different abilities, we've all all got disabilities, you know, we're all contributing to society, everyone's got a role to play, Um, so it's a picture of this lady in a wheelchair, she's got this big camera and it said, this woman has helped made this, make this ad. Oh yeah, I've so, seen that. Yeah. Um, how did she help make the ad if she's got the camera? She didn't take a picture of herself, she's got the camera in the picture. She didn't take that picture, she did nothing in that ad. So that what you're saying right is, there's a massive plot hole in this ad. Yes, exactly. It makes, <laughs> she has done nothing in that ad. I don't. No offence to this lady in the wheelchair, but she did. <laughs> if she is listening, she, yeah. if she is hanging out with the Wayans brothers. If she is really in a wheelchair, she didn't just <laughs> jump in one to get in the ad. Yeah. So what, are you just on the train just yelling out, yeah. going, this is bullshit? Yeah. I'm the crazy man on the train. If you uh, saw someone screaming at a billboard this morning uh, at Richmond Station, that was me. That's Okay, here's something that I think you'll enjoy. Uh, I was walking here and I was walking through. There were a group of school children, like getting on a bus to go on an fellow excursion. Fellow school children. Well, here's the thing, because I kind of ended up sort of inadvertently being engulfed by the pack. Oh, yes. And their teacher's standing by the bus, like ushering them on. <laughs> and she sort of caught me and was trying to usher me on. On, like in the group, and I'm like, no, I'm a, I'm an adult. I had to, I'm like, a big boy of, now. I'm a big boy now. Yeah, I had to. And this ties in. Uh, when I was flying back from Brisbane, um, I was scanning my ticket to get on the plane, and you know how like uh, 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 the, the 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 girl who like will swipe your ticket. There were like a few like young kids ahead of me, and so she was sort of turning it on for them and doing a bit of. Oh, okay, Damien, now <laughs> on you go onto the plane. And because she'd done that six times in a row, by the time she got to me, she was kind of still in the zone of uh-huh. doing that. So she's like, okay, Thomas, just, and then sort of clocked me and gone, 
oh, instead of seeing the facial hair yeah. and going, oh, oh I'm oh, sorry. I'm like, it's something's gone hap- horribly happens wrong. Happens all the time with, <laughs> yeah. with, with this kid. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I thought you'd enjoy those two things of me. Uh, maybe subtle listeners of the show. Like did you... Maybe that teacher and that flight attendant have uh, have heard the show and they're trying to do a bit of dumb dumb out in the real world. Did you get your own seat or did you have to sit on someone's lap? <laughs> I sat at the very back. Yep. And I got a little coloring in book. Oh, great. And some little crayons and I got to visit the captain. <laughs> I don't think that happens anymore. Yeah. Oh, does it? It couldn't. How could it? What, in case the kid is a terrorist? Yes. <laughs> now, there's a Wayans Brothers movie. Yeah. <laughs> kid terrorist. Hey, uh, on the show today. Oh. Big guest. Big time guest. The biggest? Probably the biggest. The biggest. The, the biggest. biggest, yet the most distance we've ever been. Yeah. Because we're able to talk about it like this because they're not, they're not in the room with us. No. But not to break the illusion, but the, this is going to happen over the phone. So yeah. you're not, it's not someone, you're not listening to someone who's smoked too many durries and now has one of those electric voice box things. That's not why the sound this is, is the, all muffled. This is the true legitimization of us as media personalities. We're having a, a live ho- satellite hookup yeah. with an international guest. It's pretty fascinating. So we've made it. So should we, let's, should we build it up? Sure. I think that's what we're doing. Grammy award winner. Oh, oh yeah. New York Times best-selling author. What else? Professional dickhead? Is that fair? And the biggest of all. The biggest of all. Friend of the show. Friend, new friend of the show. Weird Al Yankovic. Oh. Do we? Yeah, do we do that? All right, let's do that. never going to hear it, but let's do it. Yep. So, uh, uh. Should we get onto him? Oh, should we get onto him? Yeah, he's calling in. Yeah, he's ringing us. He is ringing us. He is ringing us. And I I don't know how this is going to go because I'm, I'm not good talking on the phone, full stop. Regardless of who it is. No, I agree. Like, I hate talking to anyone on the phone. Yeah. I hate when my parents call me. I hate when my girlfriend calls I hate anyone talking to me on the phone. No, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. This will be all right. All yeah. right. So let's get into it. Let's, uh, let's, let's, have a, let's have a chat to... He's calling in now. Let's have a chat to Weird Al Yankovic. Hello. Hello. Is this Al? It is. Hey, Al. Welcome uh, into the little dum-dum club. Uh, I'm Tommy Dasselow, and uh, sitting opposite me is Carl Chandler. Hey, Al. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for joining us, man. This is really exciting. My pleasure. Yeah, so this is, um, this is actually the first time we've done a, uh, a phone interview. So uh, I imagine you're a bit of a seasoned pro and we're kind of novices <laughs> at this. So uh, we will need you to hold our hands considerably at this. I'll, I'll do my best. Great, great. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, <laughs> Carl, any questions? <laughs> um, hey, I'll, I'll, I, I think you asked me the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hey, we're big fans and everything. Uh, obviously exciting. We, we're getting a lot of coverage of your stuff at the moment um, over here with the, the new single with uh, uh, Lady Gaga and everything. So I imagine it, it's quite big over there as well at the moment. Yeah, the, uh, my album is on track in the States to be my highest charting album ever. Uh, the, the video on YouTube is getting more than a million hits a day. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm having a big week. That's awesome. I, and what I love about it is the, it, like the, the process of the Lady Gaga song, uh, of the Perform This Way thing. You know, been following it on the internet and on Twitter and stuff like that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the way I've read it. That, uh, you know, you've made this Lady Gaga song. You've sent it to them. Um, they've sort of gone no and knocked it back. So then you go on the internet to say, "Hey, I had this great Lady Gaga parody, but they wouldn't let me do it." Everyone. So here it is anyway, just to let you know, Lady Gaga didn't want me to do it. Then of course they come back. The PR people come back and go, "Oh no, Lady Gaga loves it." But it was some management kerfuffle, you know, some misunderstanding. So, of course you can do it. So, it sort of seems to me like, you know, when you're a kid and you've gone to your mum and said, can I have a bit of chocolate? And she says, no. And then all, all of her friends come over and you go, hey, mum, can I have that bit of chocolate? 
Okay, yes. I don't want to look bad in front of everyone else. So, yes, of course you can. Is that Would that be well, far off the yeah, mark? That's sort of it in a nutshell. I mean, I, I wasn't really trying to... Uh... You're, not as, you're not as cynical as me. Okay. That, was a, that was a pretty big nutshell, though. <laughs> it, it, it was a nice nutshell. But, you know, it, it was more that I just wanted people to hear it because I just spent, you know, a considerable, about a, a considerable amount of money and a lot of time working on this song, and it, it would have just killed me for nobody to ever hear it. So I just figured, like, okay, it's not going to be the album. Here it is. And I explained exactly what happened. And I couldn't have imagined in my wildest dreams, uh, I mean, I couldn't have written a better script for it. I mean, within a few hours, not only had like, you know, two million people heard the song, but Lady Gaga had heard it and completely, you know, flipped it around. And, and all of a sudden I had a, a single and an album release. It's yeah. like a telemovie. It's got a really feel good ending. Yeah, I will license the rights, the rights to you guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. we can make the Weed Owl little dum-dum story. Yeah. There you go. Um, I, I just think it's funny that the management have been like, you know, they've got the song and gone, oh, no, we, look, we can't have you, Weed Owl, making the lady wearing the steak dress look silly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the, the, the big thing for me, this, this is what drove me crazy. Uh, the manager... Uh, said, okay, well, we need you to, we need to hear the song before we'll approve it. And I, I thought, well, obviously that means you need to see the lyrics. So, okay, I'll, I'll write the lyrics. And I was in Australia at the time. Actually. I was doing my Australian tour earlier this year. Yep. And uh, in the middle of the tour, I, I wrote the lyrics for "Perform This Way" and sent them in. And he got them, and he said, mm, "No, we need to hear the song." <laughs> And I was like, um, why? I, here are the lyrics. I think you probably know how the song goes at this point. It's these lyrics with your song. You put them together in your head. That's how it goes. And basically, they would not. They wouldn't budge. They were like, you know, if you, if we don't if we don't hear a finished version of the song, um, you know, the answer is no. So I, I actually went through all the trouble of recording it and send it in, and they said, mm, no. <laughs> so I, I just could not. I could not understand the logic there. Yeah, but uh, you know, thankfully it got out there uh, in the end, and people can hear it. Because I mean, you're you're quite, uh, I guess, uh, well known for seeking the approval of the artists that you parody, kind of before you put it out there. Um, who who are some sort of big names that have you know kind of knocked you back, or, or kind of you know not been too keen on you on you yeah, parodying? Oh, everybody focuses on the negative. That's well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, the, the, the really the only person over the years who has consistently said no has been Prince. Right. Uh, he has never given a reason why. I don't know what you know what the deal was, but he just for for whatever. And you know, it's his prerogative. You know, that's that's what his choice. But he he is he is the one guy that's always said no. So would you say that's kind of like the holy grail for you? Is like finally getting to do a Prince song? Well, it would have been the holy grail in the '80s when I really wanted to do a Prince song. <laughs> you should just go nuts if he finally turns around and goes yes, and just do like a whole album of Prince parodies. <laughs> um, yeah, at this point, probably not. But uh, it, it'll, it'll be nice. I'd like to think that Prince uh, has mellowed out, or at least uh, it's not as crazy as he was perhaps 20 years ago. Yeah, right. Well, what about what about the other way? Has there ever been any like film clips that you would have loved to have had a a, a crack at, but maybe the song you couldn't fit it with the song? Maybe you know, like I mean, you, you're well known for all your um, awesome film clips. Would you like to, you know what I mean? Like to have a crack at a at a film clip without the song, maybe? Um, I'm not sure you mean it. Oh, are oh, there sorry. any parodies I wanted to do, but I couldn't think of a good enough idea? Or oh, what do you mean? I guess, uh, like, a, a, a film clip that's ripe for parody that you would love to have parried the film clip, but maybe the song wasn't as strong to bother doing? 
Yeah, I mean, that, that happens a lot. I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, uh, videos or, or, or pop songs that would be great candidates, and it's like, oh, I'd love to do something with this, but sometimes I just can't think of a clever enough idea. I mean, I can always come up with ideas. There's no shortage of ideas, but a lot of times I can't think of a good idea, and that's, those are the only ones that count. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of times those songs wind up in my polka medleys because, you know, everything sounds better than polka style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you ever get people hitting you up to parody them, like wa like wanting you to give them the Weird Al treatment? You know, I, every now and then I'll, I'll come across uh, some artist uh, who will approach me at a, at a party uh, or, or at an award show or something and, and say, hey, how come you haven't gotten around to doing my song? Or, or they'll actually pitch me like, you know, it'll be funny. You should do a parody of blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, um, that, that'd <laughs> it's be... a little awkward because, you know, I, I write my own material. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm never sure if they're being sincere. They, they might just be making conversation or goofing on me, but, but it, it has happened. That, that... I like the idea that a pop star would write a deliberately shit song just to get you to parody it? Yeah, like they write a song called I Love Art, and they're like, hey, Weird Al, what about I Like Fart? <laughs> there you go. You make it, you're making it easy for me. <laughs> well, I guess speaking of that, like it, it, it is like a very different, uh, uh, I guess um, uh, the industry has changed a lot since you started out, and particularly with, uh, with YouTube and, and people being able to put their own parodies up there quite easily. Has that, has that sort of thing changed the way that you approach kind of what you do? I try not to let it because, you know, I, I just, I, what I have to do is I have to put blinders on and just keep doing my job, and I just still try to do, be the best at what I do, but it's, uh, it's a little troublesome because in the back of my head, every time I do a parody now, I know, okay, well, I'm probably the 20,000th person to do a Miley Cyrus parody at this point, but oh well, <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it's I mean, a, it is a testament to you that, that in the face of that, like uh, pop culture and, and uh, the internet being saturated with parody, that people, people still keep coming back to you and, you know, you're having, uh, you know, your, your albums are selling uh, uh, kind of better than ever, like now. Uh, what, what do you think it is about you that, that keeps people coming back, like in the face of there being so much other stuff that's so readily accessible? Well, I don't know. I, I like to think that, you know, over the years I've, I've gotten to be pretty good at what I do and, and people uh, appreciate uh, my humor and, and, uh, and uh, you know, I'm sort of a brand name. I, I get, I get a, <laughs> that, that, that's also a bit of a pet peeve because, you know, because I'm so well known as a comedy musician that like half, half the songs uh, on the internet uh, that are funny get attributed to me even though they're not by me. So like there's a lot of songs out there, a lot of them are vulgar or mediocre, but they're like, oh yeah, that's Weird Al Yankovic. It's got to be, who else would it be? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there, there's a whole website devoted to songs that aren't you, isn't there? I read somewhere. That's right. It's like there's the some... Not Owl website. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I like it because it's like, uh, you know, you're like the Mad Magazine of music. And, you know, we're big Mad Magazine fans here, a big, big part of our childhood and stuff like that. Um, but I guess Mad must be, I guess, frustrated with you because you're like the only person they can't parody. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? They, uh, uh, I'm actually I'm very thrilled about this because uh, obviously I was a huge fan of Mad Magazine growing up, uh, and I I don't know if this is uh, it was released this way in Australia, but in the new Mad Magazine in the states, uh, there's a full page ad for Alpocalypse on the back of the magazine. So that's what, that's one of those things where I, I wish I could go back in time and show that copy of Mad Magazine to my 12 year old self because he would just freak out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that's the awesome. is the ad a folding? Your ad's going to be damaged by everyone, every eight-year-old that buys that copy. That's not good. They're not yeah. going to read that at all. 
It'll just be a big fold mark down the middle of your head. Oh, do you get right. do, do you get any sort of sweet contra where maybe you get a bit of the Alfred E. Newman treatment on the front, um, Alfred E. style, like a? Yeah, uh, I've never had a full-on cover, but I, I, I my face was uh, included in sort of like a, a Sergeant Pepper uh, version of, of of current pop culture people. Um, a year or two ago, so I, I can say that I have had my face on the cover of Mad Magazine. Oh, awesome! So, well, I mean, as a like a uh, that's a good example of, of of something that you can sort of take to your grave or whatever with you. What what are, what what are the things you're most proud of? Or like interesting things like that. Like that's that's what I would put in my in my glory box. You know, I've been on the front cover partially of Mad Magazine. Yeah, what, what, I mean, what are, that's, I mean, I'm just a lot say, of cool things that I've done. I I. I uh, I, I might have to go with being on The Simpsons. I was on The Simpsons oh, twice, yeah, and, and that's one of my all-time favorite shows. And uh, it's still great after. Gosh, I don't know what season they're in. They're in, uh, you know, four hundred. Uh, I think it is yeah. season four hundred. You're right. <laughs> but it's one of those shows that's been around for so long and it's showing no signs of stopping. So I, I, I like to think it's my one real claim to immortality because I think that that show in some form will be in syndication for the next 5,000 years. Yeah, definitely. And it was also, you know, a good episode and it's a memorable moment when you were on there other than, you know, there tends to be a little bit now where, where people don't sort of watch it anymore. It's a bit like wallpaper or whatever, but that was still, when it was going strong, That's that was still a good app. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're both uh, really great episodes. In fact, I think the first one that I was on won an Emmy that year. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a real thrill. And just to, just to be in a – the whole experience, I mean, I was in a recording booth with Dan Castellaneta, who does the voice of Homer Simpson, and I'm doing a scene. I'm doing a scene with Homer Simpson. It's, like, it, it's hard to articulate how surrealistic that is <laughs> just yeah, to be talking to Homer. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine uh, saw you in concert here a few years ago, and, uh, and he wanted to be uh... – uh, to point out that he noticed that in between uh, you do two different Star Wars songs, and he uh, very much appreciated and respected that between those two songs, you actually changed costume from an old Jedi into a new Jedi, and that really kind of tickled him as like a, a bit of a pop culture aficionado that you uh, your devotion to it. When you were first kind of like uh, you know doing your accordion songs in like you know uh, in the seventies, did you did you ever anticipate like that would be the kind of groupie? sort of adoration that you would get? Like, you know what I mean? Did you foresee anything like this? I, no, I mean, when I first started doing it, it was really just to amuse my friends and to have some grins, and I thought maybe I'd get some uh, some airplay on the Dr. Demento radio show, and I certainly didn't think I'd have a, a career that would be like 30 years and, and plus, and, and that there would be fans that, you know, care about the minutiae of my work and di- dissect my lyrics and pick apart <laughs> my live performances and video clips. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it, that, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm going so long between albums is because I really, you know, every album that I put out now, it's an event in a way because I, I you know, I realize the fans look forward to them so much. I want to give them something, you know, that's worth looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I hope, I hope it's, you know, it's obviously a great thing to have that many fans and whatever. But I, I hope it's. Uh, it sounds like from Tommy's story there that you've got a lot of fans that uh, you're encouraging not to grow up, and they sound like they're forty-year-old guys that still live with their mum and dad by the sound of it. <laughs> well, for those people, I give you permission to move out of your basement. <laughs> That's good. Men, the men in their forties all over the country have been waiting to hear that. <laughs> Go forth, my friend. Yeah. Be I mean, fruitful. It seems to me like uh, you know most other artists uh, who you know who's sort of been in the music industry uh, for as long as you have have kind of become a bit sort of bitter and jaded uh, by the whole by the whole thing of it. You've managed to sort of keep this real kind of enthusiasm and uh, and innocence about you. Like how do you, how do you keep smiling? Like what, what what you know what keeps you positive? 
Oh, I, I love what I do. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, my my dad told me a long time ago when I was a kid. He he basically said that the secret to success is figuring out what you want to do for a living. Uh, you know, figuring out what makes you happy, and then figure out a way a way to make a living at that. And uh, you know, I love music. I love comedy. Uh, I can't imagine anything in the world I'd rather be doing. Uh, and I just have a blast. You know. Doing what I do, every every everything that I do is is like a dream thing for me. So um, you know, there's nothing for me not to be happy about every morning when I wake up. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I guess, uh, I suppose you get this a lot, but the stuff on your album is quite musically sound. And, and this album in particular, there's uh, there's a lot of sort of, uh, I guess, original sort of non uh, parody songs. Uh, have you got any desire to kind of move into doing kind of you know more serious stuff, like more you know serious side of Al? No, you know, I think there's probably enough people in the world that do serious songs already. I uh, I really love the comedy thing. I don't think my my brain would allow me to uh, to write any kind of like heartfelt uh, love ballads or anything like that, or, or any soul searching kind of kind of tunes. It's you know I I I've got my niche. Uh, my brain is wired a certain way, and uh, you know I I have no real compulsion to change. Well, what about this? This is an idea I had on the way here. What if, like, you were trying to write some parodies and the musical landscape was just so barren that you couldn't find anything worthy of parody? What if you recorded an album of serious songs under a pseudonym and then that album went <laughs> massive and then you could just record a parody album of your serious album under the Weird Al moniker? Okay, I, I wasn't going to tell you guys this because I've been <laughs> keeping it a secret my whole life, but I actually recorded a number of albums over the last few decades under the name... Kenny G. <laughs> yes, we've got a scoop. Uh, first. Uh, well, I guess the next scoop, what we're really after, uh, the big question that everyone's asking is, is there, has the sequel to UHF been greenlit yet? Uh, it has not, and if, if I were you, uh, I probably wouldn't hold my breath. Oh, man, uh, that's such a shame. You know, I, I know that it's a big fan favorite, it's a big cult hit, yeah. but you know, it, 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 you know, it didn't do well when it was released uh, at the box office in 1989, uh, so I, I think the chances of that uh, getting a sequel are pretty slim, but I would love to do another movie, I'd love to do another feature, uh, I think that's within the realm of possibility, uh, so you know, maybe sometime in the next 30 or 40 years that'll happen. <laughs> that'd be so awesome, because I mean, it's like, you know, Family Guy or, you know, there's shows that, that weren't as popular to start with and men, because of that word of mouth and that cult favourite sort of th phenomenon that happens. And obviously that's happened to UHF. I mean, it'd be half a chance of being quite successful, I would imagine. Well, um, well, here's the, here's the thing. If you guys ever wind up running a major motion picture studio, give me a call. We'll talk about it. <laughs> what if you just did a bit of um, a George Lucas and just released like a, a special edition anniversary cut of it, you know, and just insert like heaps of crazy like... Corruption just advising you have one minute remaining. Sure. Um, insert some crazy CGI dogs or whatever, because yeah. that seems to be what's big and popular in cinema at the moment. Like, or, th or, or three prequels to UHF. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to know the backstory. Yeah. CGI me to look uh, even younger than I was in UHF. Yeah. I mean, who, who built Special City? That's what we all want to know. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> got to get the whole backstory in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's been great to um, talk to you, um, Al. Thanks very much for giving us your valuable time. Oh, my pleasure. It was fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. We really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. All right, take care. Thanks again. Thank See you, you, man. So there you have it. Weird Al Yankovic. We just talked to Weird Al Yankovic. We just talked to Weird Al Yankovic. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. You That's know, a bit of a childhood dream. You know what my favorite... Was that really a dream of yours to talk to Weird Al Yankovic? <laughs> uh, I know it's good, but I don't think you were dreaming of that. No. Well, I was dreaming of it last night because you, I knew I was doing it today and I was worried about... You, you, know, you never saw that like a surgeon film clip and went, 
One day I want to One talk day. to him. Well, my earliest memory of Weird Al is uh, that the saga begins. He's oh, yeah. uh, his Star Wars American Pie, and a friend of mine in year seven had the album. And this is in the days where you couldn't you couldn't just download things easily. And, you know, you, you, you could barely afford to buy a CD on your own. Yep. You know what I mean? So if one person in the class had the funds to have a CD, it was like it would get passed around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I borrowed it from him, and then I kind of lost it because I'm bad at borrowing things from people. And we nearly stopped being friends because he was like, I need my running with scissors CD back. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, I forgot to bring it again. And then I'd go home and frantically go, where is it? And, and then I gave it back to him. And that shit effort where it's all scratched yep. and the, there's a page missing out of the booklet. And well, Here's my favorite bit about that interview just then uh-huh. <laughs> is that before the show – uh, you told me how much research you'd done and, you know, you'd been working on it yesterday. And I don't we, know that I really we, bigged it up that much. And then we start the interview and it's like, <laughs> oh, hey, 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 Al, uh, Carl, have you got any questions? Well, I just, I, I freaked, I felt confident going you did in. did freak out. And then we got on the phone and it was like this such a weird, awkward setup and I just realised how strange this was to just launch into a oh, question. And I then thought, straight onto this guy, I massive just, handball. But you, you helped it out a lot. Yeah, but I did find that very funny. You know, because, <laughs> Hi, Al. Oh, can, can someone... Someone else talk to you because you know what? You, you, okay, I'll be honest. Do you know why that happened? I'll be honest. We got going, and I looked down at my page of notes. You know, what my first note for a question is what? How many Hawaiian shirts do you want? Ah, <laughs> I'm glad that happened now. That's why you put that at the top of your bullet points. What sort of idiot are you? It's in chronological. That's the question that you dreamt of. That you dreamt of talking to Weird Al Yankovic about when you were a kid. I can't wait to ask him about his wardrobe. <laughs> so you see why I had to handball oh, it off to you. I'm glad to get that handball now. I could have wrecked our career. That was fun, though. Do you think, do you think, that, do you think that went okay? Yeah, it was, it was all right. It was, it was fine. Good you did a good job, little yeah, I Tommy. I know about interviewing people. It's, it's hard. Yeah. The thing that, because I, I guess... For us, you know, you want to, you know, it's a comedian that we that we look up to, and it's someone who we would see as, I guess, you know, we're in the same biz, we're we're peers or whatever, I guess, in a in a loose way, very loose, very loose way. But then you're doing an interview over a conference call, and you just feel like you're an inconvenience in the person's day. Do you yep. know what I mean? Like you're one of about six hundred calls, and you're thinking, I don't want him to think, oh, I got to call the little dumb dumb club in Australia. I want him to go. It's my mates. It's my mates from Australia, my silly mates. We're all going to pal around. Yeah, we'll probably stay with him when we go over there. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Well, I've got his number now. It's saved in the oh, machine. Oh, yes. No, it's not. Damn. That'd be good if it was, though. That would be We could very just prank good. call him. Yeah, and it's always great in an interview having some guy come in and go, you've got one minute to go. <laughs> I want to institute that policy in all my phone calls. Maybe that can help me with hating being on the phone. Yeah, that, that, like, that's a service. That's, that's some service that he's paid for or that someone's paid for. Yeah. You could hire that person to do that for you. Yeah, that'd be great. Every time mum's like going, so we'd just like to really catch up with you and your girlfriend and have dinner and um, just letting you know there's uh, one minute to go. Sorry, mum, I'd love to make dinner yeah. plans, but uh, as you can hear. Big brother. Yeah, Sony Records is uh, getting angry. <laughs> That's why I would love a record contract, just to be able to have all my phone calls go You've through You've got these weird instance. aims. You want to talk to a song parodist when you're 12 and you want to cut your mum off if <laughs> just the, the big the big good bit about being famous is to my, cut your mum off. <laughs> my priorities are slightly out of whack. Yeah. But uh, say what you will about me, one thing you can't deny, I got a lot of Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> I tried to be the Hawaiian shirt guy in like year oh. in year eight. I thought I'd, I'd I had a, I had a few. I had Mad five. Mad Dog Daslow. Mad Dog Daslow, and they were all huge too. Like they were all I way too were. big for me. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you can buy them in. I think it's against the law to yeah. buy one in a normal size. If yeah. it fits you snugly, they go. 
That's is that for a midget that you know? Because yeah. uh, otherwise, no, yeah, yeah, we haven't got any in big sizes. We've only got XXL. Yeah, um, nothing smaller than that. Yeah. Um, oh, that was good. That, that was, was good. Right. Look, it's a good start to the day. It's a Friday morning, and before noon, we've already chatted to Weird Al Yankovic. That's that, a good day. That is a good day. Um, it, well, but the other thing is, it can only go downhill from here. That's so. true. Unless we, t- who could we talk to? Let's go to the casino. We always say we're going to go to the casino after the show. Maybe this is the day where we finally do it. Let's go. Let's go. We tried to go with the Anyone for Tennis Boys a few weeks ago after that, but that was, we sort of were walking down and we were full of enthusiasm at the start of the walk and then that kind of deteriorated to so then when we got there, everyone just had a Coke Yeah. we left <laughs> after half an hour. We went to the casino. Would you have a Coke? Oh. No, that's it, because we wanted to go onto the floor like and play some slots or whatever, oh, but we couldn't because they had their... They had their um um guitar case. They had their guitar case. It looks slightly of, like gangsters. Full of poker cheating equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Full of card counters. Yeah. Full of rain men. Yeah. Full of rain men. <laughs> Should we do it? Are we going to do it now? I think we we'll are. We'll go to the casino. Yep. We'll chat to Weird Al, then we'll go to a casino. Yep. That is a great Friday. <laughs> the sun's out. I feel good. All right. Well, I guess that's it for another episode of the Little Dum Dum Club. Uh, thanks for listening. Bit of a weird, different one this week, but we hope you enjoyed our or- well, my awkward start to a chat with uh, Weird Al Yankovic. I did. Uh, hope the Wayans brothers enjoyed hearing it. Uh, hope that woman in the disabled ad heard it and enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you, mate. See you, mate. Hey, lady.